those who have perished. No rain in Spain. This was the scene when a relaxing day at the beach turned into a case of hot pursuit in southern Granada. Suspected drug smugglers trying to outrun a police boat drove their speedboat right onto the shore. When the suspects took off the sunbathers, most in bathing trunks or bikinis ran after them and brought one of them down in a body tackle on board that speedboat, 1,500 pounds of cannabis. This is CBS News. This is Kevin Frazier from Entertainment Tonight. Treat yourself to an all-new season of E.T. starting Monday, September 13th. Go to etonline.com for where to watch. Where to Escape with CBS News travel editor Peter Greenberg. Sponsored by Bank of America. Here's Peter with a hidden gem in Florida. It's called the Devil's Den. Imagine an underwater spring that's a part of a dry cave. So if you're a scuba diver or a snorkeler, we can actually go snorkeling in the middle of nowhere. Brought to you by the Bank of America Customized Cash Rewards Credit Card. You can earn 3% cash back on online shopping, making the essentials even more rewarding. Copyright 2021, Bank of America Corporation. Are you a true crime super fan? Join award-winning 48 Hours correspondent Aaron Moriarty on the My Life of Crime podcast. Name the 2021 Digiday Best podcast. Each episode pulls you straight into the investigations, including a New York City after party gone horribly wrong, a cold-blooded teen killer looking for a retrial, and more. Season 3 coming this fall. Follow My Life of Crime on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a blast from the 70s. But the party's winding down. KISS will play its final 12 shows at a residency at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas at the end of December. It'll be the final leg of the band's end of the road tour, which got delayed because of the pandemic. KISS has been touring since the 70s, and now well into his 70s, frontman Gene Simmons says he can't imagine wearing 40 pounds of armor and platform boots into his next decade. Tickets for Vegas shows go on sale Friday. Monica Ricks, CBS News. And finally, it isn't rock and roll, but mathematicians are pretty excited. Swiss researchers say they've calculated the mathematical constant pi to 62.8 trillion digits, a new world record. As I'm sure you'll recall from high school geometry, pi represents the ratio of a circle's circumference to its diameter. Glad we cleared that one up. I'm Vicki Barker, CBS News. Ad paid for by CompleteCar.com. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to the COVID crisis, we are announcing a low-cost extended service plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay nothing for auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay nothing for auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-549-1980. Now, drivers who are covered by this auto protection will not have to pay for a covered repair bill again. This auto coverage is at an all-time low, much lower than what dealerships are charging. Additionally, drivers who activate this auto coverage today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and free rental car at no additional cost. Call for your free quick quote today. 800-549-1985. 800-549-1985. What do you have to lose? Again, 800-549-1985. It's the Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon. The annual year-long event where you could save big by bundling Home and Auto with Progressive. So big that we're kicking things off with fireworks. A monster truck battle. 
fighter jet flyover. And it wouldn't be a party without the home and auto bundle Extrava Festa Saveathon dancers. You can't really hear them, but trust us, they are working it. So come for the fun and stay for the savings. Only at Progressive's home and auto bundle Extrava Festa Saveathon. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Hi, everyone. Skip Mossick. The Ohio State football season is fast approaching. Join us along with our broadcast team of Paul Keels, Jim Lachey, and Matt Andrews for our season kickoff show Monday, August 23rd from 6 to 8 p.m. We'll preview the upcoming season and hear from many coaches and players around the Big Ten, including Buckeye coach Ryan Day, as we count down to the opener at Minnesota September 2nd. That's the season kickoff show Monday, August 23rd from 6 to 8 p.m. on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. The Meigs County Fair is back, and we are racing. Nothing beats the sound of thundering hooves as they head to the finish line. Catch the excitement of harness racing Wednesday and Thursday at the Meigs County Fair in Rock Springs. Post time Wednesday is 4 p.m. Tuesday post time is 1 p.m. Horses, racing, and winners at the Meigs County Fair. Wednesday and Thursday, be there. Hello, my name is Kevin Tidd. My wife Carrie and I are the owners of the pharmacy on Stimson Avenue. For over half a century, we have been feeding the Athens community and providing customer service that is above and beyond your expectations. It has been our lifelong dream to run our own health and wellness store, and we enjoy doing so every day. Just like how we enjoy promoting our lifestyle on WATH and WXTQ Radio. Radio advertising has worked for us, especially in these trying times, and it can work for you and your business as well. Take it from us, Kevin and Carrie from the pharmacy. Are you struggling to pay out-of-pocket Medicare costs? Your deductibles, co-payments, and prescription medication can really add up. Buckeye Hills Regional Council can help you navigate confusing sign-ups and help you save money. Medicare savings programs such as extra help or low-income subsidy are available. Call 1-800-331-2644 for free over-the-phone assistance with enrollment. No waiting, no travel, just one phone call. That's 1-800-331-2644. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's really not it's the, not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really, <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or during times 
times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. I-N-E-P-G-M-F-T-E-C-2468. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Well, Coach Turf, with the number of cases of sunburn you had over at Seashore State last week, I guess your injury report this week is quite lengthy. Well, not only that, we set, I believe, what's a school record for most folks on the injury list uh, for one ball game, you know, uh, that's all Skid Crawford's fault for not packing them uniforms, so we had to play all of our boys over to Seashore State out on the beach without any uniform shirts on. Of course, they all got sunburned real bad, and that was the reason we lost the ball game. But good old Scrape Simpson, our trainer, you know, he's one of them boys that's in the, in the background. You don't often hear about uh, whenever he does a good job, but he done a good job this time. Because what he done is he remembered way back in the history of NAP Tech football, you, you, well, you probably heard of STP. Yes, I've heard of that. Well, you know, we played SPT back in the late 1950s, SPT, that South Pole Tech, you know, uh, and uh, that was a ball game where the, the ball field froze over. It was covered with ice, you know, and, and it was made footing real treacherous, just like it was on the beach last weekend, and, and uh, old Scrape remembered ice, so he gave everybody that had that sunburn a real good ice treatment. Now they're going to be ready for practice this week and ready for the ball game coming up this weekend. Well, it sounds like you've got a very competent trainer on your staff coach well not only that he's pretty darn good and we'll be back with coach turf and more right after this they had what all over the field <laughs> the art turf show proudly sponsored by anvil brand horseshoes they have horseshoes on big name horses like the budweiser clydesdales sea world and disney horses and famous hitches belonging to Express Personnel and the Heinz Hitch. Anvil Brand says, no hoof, no horse. Really? Really. You know, I went to the shoe store the other day to get some shoes for the horse, and they didn't have any. <laughs> well, Coach Turf, being the positive person you are, I know you always look uh, on the bright side of things, but... Uh, what could you possibly find as a bright spot in a 66 to nothing loss? Only bright spot in that ball game was the sun. You know, that uh, rascal shone down and all of our ball players there on the beach caused all that sunburn. That's the thing that's going to stick out in everybody's mind. But I do want to point out to good old, our good old fans at uh, Shank Wedgman, the boy that won the game ball for all of his punting last week. He won it again this week because I think he set another school record most punch in two consecutive straight games in a row and I don't know what the numbers is numbers Norwalk he could tell you if he was here but he ain't here so we can't tell you but it is a school record he told me that on the Packard on the way back and he did a real fine job punting that ball out of there and he's uh, probably the only one that uh, didn't get sunburned on his back he just got sunburned on top of his head well coach I had the privilege of driving your uh, vehicle that Packard uh, last week and I was just wondering how the uh, automobile made the trip back well, it was a fine trip. You know, uh, uh, the Packard didn't get sunburned. It was nice and cool there all the way back, except for the fellers that was uh, sitting back in the back seat. Uh, they was the ones doing the pushing. I'm certain those guys pushing the Packard worked up a good appetite, and that uh, reminds me we're going to be doing our Friday program from your training table, I understand. I just uh, wonder what's going to be on the menu. Well, I don't know. Uh, we always leave that up to our ace 
crack dietitian Tubby Thompson, and uh, we have to check with Tubby on that, but I can guarantee you one thing, I, I believe we've seen enough seafood for a while. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H. Well, it's nice out there so far, but uh, mercy. I'm looking at the forecasts here. And for the next week, literally, they're talking about rain or a thunderstorm or something every day. That's right through Sunday. What's that storm coming up our way? Fred. Fred? Yeah. My dad's first name. Fred Palmer. And they, uh, just uh, in simple terms, they say rain showers today, rain showers tomorrow, thunderstorms Thursday, light rain Friday, light rain Saturday, light rain Sunday. Mercy. Well, it's uh, it's interesting how early in the summer your grass grows faster, right? I think. Yeah, uh, normally if we get rain, yeah. The past couple uh, weeks though, we've been kind of dry. Well, not, not not in my neighborhood. We, I mean, there's been in, enough to. Anyway. Yeah, some parts of the county have gotten rain. But just, and not a lot of it, just you know, but enough to right. freshen everything up for mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Anyway, my rain, my rain, my grass has truly stopped growing like it used to, um, and I guess that's true every season around this time. But I've just been more aware of it this year. Yeah. Um. Anyway, good morning, folks. It's the seventeenth day of August today. August 17th, and uh, today a free-for-all. Today is also a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. I'll pay you Tuesday. Now, on Thursday of this week, we have... um, trying to slide a piece of paper into a narrow spot and it wouldn't go but there it is uh thursday we have the mayor steve patterson joining us i also have on the agenda uh rob reimer uh, bob Rob, wait a minute bob reimer yeah bob reimer bob yep who is our fire chief <clears throat> here in the city um and we just haven't picked um uh, the exact date yet um but August 17th it is. Today is National Nonprofit Day. 
National I Love My Feet Day, Black Cat Appreciation Day, National Thrift Shop Day, and National Massachusetts Day. You know, this second one, National I Love My Feet Day. I, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this. Now you're really wondering, aren't you? There is a channel we, my wife and I have discovered on television. I think it's channel 12. Now, of course, channel 12 on, depending on what systems you use, it could be any number of things. Um, is it called TLC? It might be. The Learning Channel? That's it, TLC. It, it might be that. Okay. And they have, like, shows about um, oh, um, couples um, struggling through their romances. They have shows called um, something about feet, right? Podiatry. They have shows about, um, oh, shucks. Oh, Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> yep. And just a series of really unusual, weird shows that for some reason or other can be very addictive. But that National I Love My Feet Day reminded me of the the show they have on there of, uh, of podiatry and the different ailments that, um, you know, the, can, can occur and doctors treating them. Such a weird channel. <laughs> Anyway, but addicting. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm. I'm sorry. Dude, I'm, like I'm ashamed to. I'm, ash, I'm ashamed to admit it. But, uh, and it's not just me. My wife's into it too. <laughs> In fact, probably before me. All right. Well, anyway, so much for that. Uh, let's see. What about some historical stuff? Let's see, on this date of August 17th, but the year 1590, the governor of Roanoke Island Colony, a gentleman by the name of John White, returns from England to find no trace of the colonists he had left there three years earlier. sure make you wonder, wouldn't it? They don't say how many colonists have been there or anything more. That's just it. Well, they left us hanging then. Yeah. But I mean, you know, where'd they go? Yeah. Were they clobbered by... Their enemy? Whatever. 
whoever. All right, 1903 on this date, Joe Pulitzer donates $1 million to Columbia University and begins the Pulitzer Prizes in America. 1945, Sukarno and Mohammed Hatta, I think it is, H-A-T-T-A, declare Indonesian. also known as the Dutch East Indies. They declare it independent from the Netherlands. 1945, on this date, the same same date as the previous one, Korea is divided into North and South along the 38th parallel. Two years later, on this date, the Radcliffe Line, 1947, the Radcliffe Line, the border between the Union of India and the Dominion of Pakistan, is revealed. 1998, on this date, Monica Lewinsky admits in a taped testimony that she had an improper relationship with the president, Bill Clinton. Yeah. Let's see here. We've got some uh, birthdays to talk about. Well, two of these I know and two I don't. So let's see here. Two have passed and two have not. So let's let's do it that way. Okay. <clears throat> okay. The <throat> the oldest of this bunch uh, was born in 1844. Died in 1913. Born on this date in 19 1844. Died in 1913. Menelik Menelik the second. M E N E L I K. The second. Menelik the second is a former emperor of Ethiopia. From 1889 to his death in 1913, and the king of Shewa from 1866 to 1889. And uh, at the height of his internal power and external prestige, the process of territory of his uh, yeah, the process of territorial expansion and creation of the modern empire state was completed by 1898. What what country are we talking about? Um, uh, Ethiopia. Okay, okay. <clears throat> um, May West. We certainly are familiar with that name. She was born on this date in 1893. She died in 1980. West. What was one of her famous lines? Was it something like, hello there, big boy? Something like that? Well, if it wasn't one of her lines, it should have been. <laughs> um, okay, two, two that are still alive. First off, we'll do Robert De Niro, the actor and all of that cool guy. 78th birthday today. Now, this next one, I really... You know, I'm so behind the times when it comes to 
today's music. I leave that to my staff, uh, particularly over on uh, XTQ. Now, this next one is Lil, Lil Pump. L-I-L Pump. P-U-M-P. Lil Pump. 21st birthday today. Jazzy Garcia, known professionally as Lil Pump, <clears throat> excuse me, is a an American rapper. He is one of the most prominent members of the SoundCloud rap scene and is known for his minimalist music and hyperactive <laughs> public appearances. <laughs> hmm. Also known as Pump, Jet Ski, and Pump Hefner. 21 years old today. All right. Lil Pump. Now, uh, two famous deaths. Uh, that is to say that um, each of these two people died on this date, um, but in a, well, not the same year. Anyway, Rudolph Hess was, he was born there. in 1894, died in 1987. He was a bad guy. Yep. Nazi. One of the uh, German politicians, a leading member of the Nazi Party in Nazi Germany, appointed deputy Führer to Adolf Hitler in 1933, has served in that position until 1941, when he flew solo to Scotland in an attempt to negotiate peace with the United Kingdom during World War II. Hmm. That's when he, uh, well, defected in more ways than one. And then when they came back, if I remember correctly, the Germans, uh, the Nazi party, you know, well, discovered that. Let me make sure I get this, though. But he did attempt to try to make things better. Yes, in 1941. But when he returned, they didn't like that, right? Yeah, and uh, he was, uh, you know, kicked out okay. of that. And he, he still lived uh, to age 93. Uh, he was found strangled to death in Spandau Prison in Berlin at the age of 93, apparently the victim of suicide. He was the last surviving member of Hitler's inner circle and the sole prisoner at Spandau since 1966. Jose de San Martin, and I maybe am putting mispronunciation, but uh, Jose de, D-E-S-A-N, M-A-R-T-I-N. He uh, was born in 1778, and he died on this date in 1850. He was the liberator of Argentina, Chile, and Peru, and was an Argentine general and the primary leader of the uh, southern and central areas there. Okay, they got an odd thing here. It says... uh, they got a picture of a guy. This is a different story. This is why the king became a party pooper. <laughs> a man who tried to impress his king on this day with one of the most lavish and extravagant parties of all time, ending up spending the rest of his life in jail. That's all I got. That's not enough for us to dig into. Hmm. Party pooper king. Let's try that one. Well, no, he wasn't a king. 
Oh, he wait, was just wait, a party pooper. The king became a party pooper. Maybe. And then later, it says a man who tried to impress his king on this day. <laughs> okay. I, I let's give up. Okay. That's a little incomplete, wouldn't you say? For us, anyway. Um. Some of these news services, um, there are so many on the internet, and there's one that has discovered me recently. (laughs) So I'm now getting daily stuff from them. And uh, I don't, I can't, I can't even tell you what the name of it is yet. But it's uh, something like today is this or today is that. But um, I did bring in one item from them. This is the first time we've shared anything from them. And on this date in 1960, Sean Penn was born. Okay, so now I'm not real good with names. I just know Sean Penn was in show business, and he was well thought of. But then as I scrolled down, I saw his picture, right? And then mm-hmm. I go, oh, I know that guy. Yep. Okay. So, um, let me just give a little snapshot of his career. Unknown to the world... An award-winning star was born on this date in 1960. He was born in Santa Monica. Born of parents who both had a passion and experience in theater and acting, it is no surprise that Sean Penn found his life's path in acting and directing films. Penn's older brother was a musician and his younger brother was an actor. Penn's career in acting was sparked when he started making short films as a child with his friends. Those friends uh, included Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. They were all kind of like neighbors of sorts. His first on-screen appearance was on an episode of a television series called The Little House on the Prairie. Remember that? I do. Yeah, I do. Where he was an extra. And that particular episode was being directed by his father. His, uh, Sean debuted his career in film on an action drama called... Caps, in 1981. I don't remember that. The following year, he appeared in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, a hit comedy that helped popularize the term dude in pop (laughs) culture. I remember that one. I know. It's the one with uh, Tom Cruise in it there. I think they show the clip of him sliding in the living room there with a pair of socks on and... Under, Long underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Um, let's see. Penn went on to 
to feature in movies and gradually transition to directing them. He had received nominations for the Academic Awards for his roles in Dead Man Walking, which premiered in 1995, Sweet Lowdown in 99, and I Am Sam in 2001. Finally, he won an award for his role in Mystic River, which was a Boston crime drama produced in 2003. Sean Penn was later recognized and won his second award for producing Milk in 2008. None of these are ringing any, bill, any bells for me. But obviously... Oh, well, let's see. Last paragraph says, Besides his outstanding film career, Penn has always been outspoken in supporting various social and political causes. He went on to receive the Christopher Reeve First Amendment Award in December of 2006 for his commitment to free speech. So, just a little bit about him. Yeah, I think that movie I was trying to think of, too, is Risky Business, the one with Tom Cruise in it, okay. not Fast Times. Just happened to th- think of that. Holy cow. That was one of Harry Carey's f- favorite famous sayings. Well, I'm I'm not using it to be funny or anything. I am really troubled about this Afghanistan thing. Yes. Years ago, we hosted a student from Afghanistan in our home. And we continue to track him. Not by track him, I mean keep in touch with him. But um, the New York Times this morning, their lead item, of course, good morning. A day after the collapse of the Afghan government, we're looking at how the story is unfolding. Now, folks, perhaps you saw the news last night. NBC, CBS, ABC makes no difference. They all were showing people trying to escape from that nation. Running alongside moving aircraft. You can imagine how dangerous that is to somehow or other get aboard it to take off and leave the borders of that country. Well, when the Taliban entered Afghanistan's presidential palace this past Sunday, the insurgent group completed a two-decade fight to take back control of that country. The president had fled. 
the interior minister announced there would be a peaceful transfer of power for greater Kabum. Uh, Monday offered the first glimpse of a country coming under Taliban control. Well, let's talk about how that day unfolded in three different places. First of all, the airport in Kabul, where people made a desperate attempt to escape. The city itself, where most people spent the day hiding. And in Washington, D.C., that is, where President Biden stood by his plan to withdraw U.S. troops. So at the airport, much of Monday, Kabul's main international airport was a scene of anguish and panic. Thousands of Afghans rushed boarding planes, I'm sorry, boarding gates, and flooded the tarmac, hoping to find a flight out of the country. At one point, and I described this earlier, a crowd ran alongside a departing U.S. military plane with some Afghans clinging to the side of the aircraft. Think of that. At least a half a dozen Afghans died. Some, they fell from the plane as it flew off. And at least two were shot by U.S. soldiers trying to contain the surging crowd. U.S. forces took over air traffic control, halting most commercial air traffic to allow more flights carrying in reinforcements and evacuating foreign citizens. Some Afghans said the efforts prioritized Americans and other Westerners over Afghans. Thousands of people camped in terminals overnight, waiting for flights out of the country. Many of them employees of international organizations, as well as media companies. Particularly media companies the Taliban had targeted. With runways cleared of civilians, military flights resumed evacuating foreign nationals early this morning as more U.S. troops arrived to oversee a frantic escape. By later this week, 6,000 American troops will conduct security at the airport. Though our president said they would only be in Afghanistan briefly. Even with U.S. military restoring order within Kabul's, uh, Kabul's international airport, it was unclear whether Afghans could make it there. Despite assurances from the Taliban of safe passage, there were more ominous signs on the ground. And so everybody's worried, right? Yes. 
What about uh, Kabul itself? The Taliban spread out across the streets of that capital city, riding motorbikes and driving police vehicles and Humvees, most of which taken from the Afghan security forces. Armed men visited the homes of Afghan government officials, confiscating possessions, while others directed traffic. But compared to the chaos at the airport, the city was eerily quiet. Kabul's streets were empty for much of Monday. Taliban fighters took selfies with passers-by and told residents not to fear them. There will be no revenge on civilians, a Taliban official told the BBC. The Taliban have sought to assure Afghans that life under their fundamentalist rule will be less oppressive than in the 1990s. But many, well, they're just simply still scared. In Kabul, some residents tore down advertisements that showed women without headscarves. In other parts of the country, there were reports that fighters were searching for people who had collaborated with Americans or the fallen government. Basically, people are hiding in their homes. And they're just hoping for a way to get out of that It is. If you'd like to read more, I'm sorry. That's all right. If you'd like to read more, again, I direct you to the New York Times website. I I think they always do a very fine job. You were going to say. Well, it's just it's sad to see those people living in fear. Uh, it's awful. It's terrible to see what is happening to women, uh, teenage girls there that are being sexually molested by the Taliban that are coming in there. Kids want to go to school. They can't go to school. And all along, knowing that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and uh, Defense Secretary and uh, other military leaders tried to tell the president to not withdraw and to leave a bit of a force there to protect the American interests and the American people there and also the safety of the Afghan people who are now living in fear, trying to flee the country, and the president refused to take their recommendations, and now this is what's happening, uh, that it was, uh, they are saying that it was a, an incredible miscalculation now, so it's unfortunate it's terrible sad for these innocent people to have to suffer this way now well of course i mean there's no other way for me to the, Tal it. the taliban is trying to they've organized again they've been catapulted back to confidence 
They're with tr- this. They're trying to present themselves as responsible stewards of that country. But the, pe- but the people that have lived there any length of time uh, really question that. Yeah. They really think the future is very uncertain. Yeah. They're not interested in a negotiation. They're interested in total victory. There's also fears that the country will again become oh, a, a breeding ground for Islamist radicalism and terrorism. Yeah, international terrorism again. Um, the veterans, I'm sorry, the military who have left that area. Um, there's a quote from one saying, I just wish there had been a way to leave with honor. Yeah. Um, well, let's see here. I think we may have a, no, we don't. I thought we had a call. I think I grabbed the line too late. They got disconnected. Okay, let's see what else is going on. Let's do we I guess we have to talk about the virus a little bit. Um Let's see how long has it been now? March of 2020 since we well before that November of what? 2019. I think that uh, some of the numbers you've mentioned in the world tw- November 19th 2019, that's the first case. Okay. I think. Now, I'm going back to the phone, though, for a minute. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I tuned in a bit late, but um, I missed what Scott was saying exactly. About? About this, whatever the topic is this morning. And I believe when I did tune in, Scott was commenting on, I guess, what's happening over there in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, we've been dealing with that. Uh, I mean, we've probably spent 10 minutes, maybe 15 now in Afghanistan. So what, what, what's, what I would like do to ask you? Scott directly from what I think I gathered from him. How would he have handled this had he been uh, the, the president of this country? Well, first of all, I'm not the president. Obviously. Um, but there are military leaders in place to help direct the president that's why they're there and i i if it were me i think i would have listened to them are you saying he didn't to, listen to them well according to the new york times no they did he didn't listen to them yeah i i'm not sure i got that out of it but how I, long i don't we... think it's just a minute okay i don't think anybody could have dealt with this situation and everybody on the other end say that was wonderful. There, yeah, it's there a is no just win. no. It's there. There's no winning in this. That's just my, um, and I don't think I'm alone in that. That feeling. You know, we are dealing with as a world, a Stone Age country, mm-hmm. and it's been like that, and it won't change, no matter what we think. We can't go around doing, uh, it doesn't matter who was in president in the president's hot seat in the last week. 
It really doesn't matter. It could have been Bush. It could have been, I it agree. Could have been anybody, yep. I agree including too. Trump. But what would you do? You wouldn't do any better. I'm almost certain That's you wouldn't correct. have done any better. And the military has its own reasons it wants to do things, not that it's for the public consumption. However, even if we stayed there for another 40 years or 50 years or something, things will not change. That's correct. I remember, a, and you may see emblazoned in your memory, that National Geographic cover where they had that beautiful woman mm-hmm. who was a young woman, but she did not look that young. He, she looked old because of her life in Afghanistan. She had beautiful, bright blue eyes. I remember that. And, uh, you know, you're not going to force this, this terroristic uh, nation that will go around and, and house people like, uh, uh, you know, the, the terrorists that visited us in 9-11. Now, it, we knew they were coming out of there. It didn't matter. It would not. It, it, the only thing that was miscalculated, and Loshu actually had spies within those groups, which people are scared to do. I would be scared. You'd be scared. Everybody listening would be scared. No, what really needs to happen, at least in my opinion, from, from this far away from the country, the people have to take back their country. They have to be brave. If some of them have to die, then they have to die. They have to take back their country. They cannot depend upon you know, the, the, the big world leader to do that. And uh, I know other countries were involved and so on, but we are, it doesn't matter who's sitting in the hot seat, as I said, as president. They probably could not have done any better, and and nobody envisioned what they. I'm from the Vietnam era, so I do know that even that was considered, like you're all considering today, a disaster. But who is one of the richest countries? You know, who thought that we would be buying things from Vietnam, and we are not made in our own country? Who who thought that we would be making uh, buying cars and from from Japan, from from China? We've not learned our lesson as a, as a country. You know, it, where is it written that we have to go and have the men die? And I know there were many military people who have publicly said, we shouldn't have been there, we should have gotten out of there. And he was doing, he, he, Biden was never in favor of that, of staying. Don't you both know that? That's a common knowledge in the political arena that, that he didn't want to stay there. And if we stayed there another 10, 15, 20 years, 40 well, years, it wouldn't have changed. What is it that you're bothered by from our discussion? I'm bothered by the sense that I got that Scott thinks that this is Biden's fault. No. Let Scott say no. No, I did not say that. I just, you have a repeated what to, the New York Times, I just repeated what I'm reading in the New York Times. That's all. Well, I, I, I tell you what, I'm, the there. I'm in the studio here. I'm with him regularly. He is not an anti-Biden guy, okay? So please, um, don't spread some feeling that's not correct. Or presumption. Or anyway, assumption that I'm that's not the only one who has is. the same presumption in okay. the listening audience. So, you know, it's just something that... that uh, well, why don't we hear from them, then? They're not going to tell you. Don't you know that? People aren't going no, to necessarily I, tell you. And if we do, line. it's always too late to call in. These last two. Well, they have every Friday, day to for call example, in. you weren't taking well, calls. Wait a minute. Taking calls yesterday. <laughs> um, we don't well, hear whatever. anybody else. You're entitled that way. to your opinion. Yes. And, and Scott, relax. Um, let's see here. 
I think more important than our opinions is um, the news itself and the virus, okay? That's where I had started. we got six minutes left. We did have a piece of music to share with you, uh, a rather popular piece of music, as a matter of fact, from Santana, but we may not get to it. Anyway... The Biden administration will recommend that most Americans get a booster shot of COVID vaccine eight months after they receive their second. Okay, so we're talking about a booster. Okay? I I had, um, what's, what's the brand name of the one I had? Moderna? No. Pfizer? Yes. So Pfizer had two shots, like three weeks apart, something like that. I had all of that. Now they're saying um, they've developed a booster that is supposed to be particularly um, focused on the, um, what do you call it, the um, Delta, Delta. Yeah, Delta variant. And others. So that's uh, that all is uh, starting to move forward. Uh, All health care workers in public and private hospitals must be at least partially vaccinated by September 27th. That's in the state of New York. But I'm sure similar orders exist in other states as well. Um, We've got different schools with different policies on masking. And people don't really understand all of that. Um, Now, the one thing I will say, the Delta thing, from my studies, um, it has caused a bump in the numbers, an increase, but the death numbers seem to be less significant than in the early stages of the overall virus. I don't know if I made sense with what I said or not. I hope I did. Anyway, so we got stuff going on like that. And I have our statistic report here, but... Um, you have another caller yeah. there, too, if you want. 49,000 entries I have in here since I started keeping this. Think of that. Um, let's see here, 9.56. Yeah, I think we can probably have time for another call. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Um, I just wanted to make a comment um, regarding Afghanistan. Do it. Okay. People are missing the basic point. The point is not coming out of Afghanistan. It's the way it's been handled. We should have and could have evacuated our Afghan allies, and then remove our troops. It was handled backwards. No one is saying that we should have stayed there another several decades, but the extraction process has been handled very poorly. And yes, it is like Vietnam. So I leave you with that thought. That's all I have. Thank you. Okay. Thank Thank you. you very much. I think I recognize that voice. I think I did, too. All right. Let's see here. Well, I guess we could 
play a little bit of this music. Yeah, I might. Yeah. All right, it's Santana on 970 WETH 97.1 FM as well. Presented by Indeed.com. I'm Vicki Barker in London. Fully vaccinated? Get ready for a third COVID jab. The White House is expected to recommend COVID booster shots for nearly all Americans who got one of the two-dose vaccines. Now, these boosters would come about eight months after your second dose. And for now, it would apply only to people who receive the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines only because there's not enough data yet about Johnson & Johnson. CBS's Tony DeCopel. COVID concerns help push retail sales down 1.1% in July. Among the sectors affected, travel, as CBS's Errol Barnett tells us. Economist Adit Demodoron with the travel app Hopper says summer flight demand has flattened from pandemic highs, which is now leading to lower prices. But his service is finding since July, one aspect of travel is up. There's been a 33% increase in people buying cancelable tickets. The Pentagon says it's ramping up preparations to airlift up to 9,000 people a day. Americans and the Afghans who worked with them from Kabul airport yesterday saw harrowing scenes of terrified civilians clinging to the wheels of departing U.S. aircraft. CBS's David Martin has more. This is a measure of just how desperate conditions were yesterday. U.S. officials confirmed that when one of the transports landed